Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. I'm sure thankful that you're here. Thankful that so many of you join us every day. Coffee Break really uh, it just seems to have become part of so many people's schedules. I'm glad that we're able to bring this show to the community and hear from people and all walks of life, letting me know that they listen on Sunday. Actually, somebody telling me that, you know what? The news isn't very good very often, but I appreciate hearing it from somebody I feel like I know. So, you know, as we head into the long Thanksgiving weekend, we'll be off tomorrow and Friday. I just wanted to thank all of you for uh, joining us on Coffee Break and on Montana's Morning News. And I also want to thank our first guest this morning. It's Lewis and Clark County Public Health Officer Drenda Neiman. Drenda, I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you taking time this morning. Sure. Good morning. And good morning to all of the listeners out there. Well, we've had you on before. And at that point, you you guys were stretched kind of to the limit, uh, you know, hiring folks to work as contact tracers and that sort of thing. What is the situation now? Well, Trey, um, what I can say is that it's worsened since the last time I was on the call with you. Uh, what, what I can say is that our daily new case incident per 100,000. So this is a calculation we do to standardize the data and, and allow us to compare it with other towns in Montana as well as across the country. So our, our rate right now of case, daily new cases is over 110 per day. And so this is one of the highest rates in the country right now. The United States is um, doing the worst as far as cases are concerned in the world. And Montana is spiking very drastically. And right here in Lewis and Clark County, again, we're at over 110 new daily cases. Yeah. So we are, I know we had a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we were reporting that, you know, really Montana and in, in our area, one of the hot spots in the world, frankly. And that seems like it's still the case. It is. Yeah, and it's not getting better. Our trend is going up, and that's not a trend that um, is going to help us out as far as capacity in this community. Our our capacity here at Public Health, which our job is to is to contain, help to contain the virus, and and we do that through isolation and quarantine of cases and contacts. And we uh, with with over a hundred cases coming in a day. We just aren't able to do our work fast enough, which means the virus continues to spread in the community. Yeah. Well, and you deal, did clear uh, several hundred people off that active list that had recovered. But then over the last week, two weeks, those numbers, uh, you know, climbing right back up or right over a thousand active again. Is that accurate or do we have some healthy folks that need to come off that roster? Nope, that is uh, our more accurate number. We do have dedicated staff now that is keeping our database current and releasing people from isolation when they are, when they're ready, when they're healthy, and they've recovered and no longer contagious. So that that number is accurate. Okay, Drenda Neiman uh, with us this morning. She's the Lewis and Clark County Public Health Officer, and uh, Drenda, we've had uh, several daily records here in the last little bit. I mean, uh, the situation in the community, not great. I mean, any ideas where, you know, areas where this is coming from? Is it a location or event or is this straight out community spread at this point? 
Yeah, it's community spread. And so what we're experiencing now are people that are really trying to do all of the things that we've asked them to do all along the way. Wear a mask, keep your distance, wash your hands, um, avoid large group gatherings and so forth. Um, even those individuals are um, contracting the virus and and are getting sick. And so what that means is it is in the community and it and it's pretty pervasive. Um, what we know about wearing a mask and keeping your distance is those are the only tools that we have right now, but they're not 100% effective. And so we need to continue to only engage in essential community activities right now. So going to a restaurant, sitting down in um, and with a group of friends is just not a really good idea. Um, I highly recommend that you order takeout from your favorite local restaurant and, and take that home and enjoy it with your family that you live with in your home. When we talk about community spread, Drenda, how, how does that work? Because I think, you know, we've sort of been hammered. We, we've got the 15 minutes and six feet. Those are the, it, it's the length and the distance that we know now. And, and that doesn't happen a lot in public unless, like you said, we're, we're at a restaurant, that sort of thing. But just in general, that's not happening. So with community spread, how does that work if we're not sitting down at restaurants, we're not gathering for an hour and a half at a time? How, how are folks still getting sick? Yeah, it's it's the small it's now the small gatherings. So even when you bring just a couple friends over for card night, um, that is a potential risk uh, for spread in that environment. And unfortunately, because what we're seeing across the community is um, with the spike in cases, it's now infiltrating almost every single one of our assisted living long-term care facilities. Um, you know, the staff that come in and out of those facilities are also engaging in activities in this community. And it, now we've hit that exponential growth of um, cases that we, that essentially we're, we're in not going to be able to contain in public health by isolation quarantine. Our community has to slow the activities down and choose to keep your world really small right now, or we won't be able to get a handle. It'll continue to grow and spread and impact um, places like our assisted living long-term care, where we're trying really hard to protect our most vulnerable. Yeah, and with the holiday weekend coming up, I mean, but I guess what are the official recommendations for people? And then, uh, you know, knowing that people are, are not going to follow necessarily the official uh, hardline regulations, you know, what what should what what can people do? Sure. So the official recommendation is to have um, Thanksgiving and celebrate with um, your immediate family and those that you live with, um, and not gather with other family members or other households. So we have a an event risk assessment tool that we. Um, consult regularly because it, it's connected to live data. It's connected to um, what the current spread in our community is. It's a tool that's created by Georgia Tech. And this tool essentially tells us right now in our county that, um, with a group of 10 people, just 10 people, which is a typical Thanksgiving dinner, right? Um, there's a 39% chance that there's somebody going to be at that Thanksgiving dinner with COVID. 39% chance. And then, of course, that goes up dramatically as the number goes up. So the um, governor's directive was just amended, and he now is saying groups no larger than 25. Well, a group of 25 in, the, in our county right here in Lewis and Clark County, there's a 71% chance of somebody being there with COVID. 
Um, and if we were back up at 50, where we were just a couple weeks ago allowing groups of 50, there's a 91% chance that somebody within that group will have COVID. And then it just spreads from there. So, so our official recommendation is please have, um, please celebrate with just your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are there ways to mitigate any risk? You know, if, if folks are using that middle ground saying, you know what, we've got eight, nine, 10 people, you know, ha, how, do, how do they mitigate things? Sure. It's the same strategies that we've been talking about all along. So we want to make sure that nobody shows up with any symptoms at all. So double double check your, um, your guest list, make sure that they don't have any symptoms or that they haven't been exposed to somebody with symptoms um, prior to dinner. Um, so, and then um, really keeping those d- different households separated. Um, so if you have two or three households that are coming together for dinner, you want two or three tables that are separated by six feet. Um, keep your, your gathering short. Um, so typically in a, in a Thanksgiving setting, we linger all day. We, you know, we munch on food all day. We watch football. We, we, we make it an all-day affair. We recommend now um, if you are bringing individuals that don't typically live with you into your house that you, you have dinner and then you call it a day. Um, and then ask when you're indoors um, and staying six feet apart. Um, having one person serve the food rather than buffet style where everybody's kind of crowded uh, and um, getting their food all at once. So uh, there are some ways. We, um, we have some more tips and tricks on our website. Um, but again, our you know, strong recommendation is that you keep your Thanksgiving celebrations really small this year. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Next, the next holiday season, that, um, 2021, will look very different. But for this year... Um, we're really begging um, the hospital. You'll hear from the hospital next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, not to be a, a in, I just probably, um, you know, let everybody know what the, the, the next. <laughs> uh, Spoilers, anyway. Trenda. I, thank you. It's a spoiler. <laughs> I, think, um, I spoiled it, but uh, the hospital's really strained. Yeah, They're really, yeah. really strained right now. So, you know, bottom line is it's it's one Thanksgiving dinner. We'll have many more. And honestly, we want to make sure that when we gather next year, that everybody is there, that we're not missing somebody because they didn't survive this this wretched virus. Yeah. Lewis and Clark County Public Health Officer Drenda Neiman with us this morning. We've got a few minutes left with her. And uh, Drenda, if, if, if folks do travel, they have, you know, the, that small gathering, they do what they can to uh, d- to separate and that sort of thing. What do they need to do in the coming days? Uh, you know, what's the best thing to do following Thanksgiving? And is there sort of a time frame when, you know, one day, three days when they start to notice they don't feel quite right? I mean, w- w- what does that look like? Yeah. So depending on where you're traveling to and, and, and what that um, what the spread looks like in that community and what you did while you were there, I highly recommend that you quarantine, self-quarantine for 14 days when you return. Um, the If you were exposed, you'll start to see symptoms anywhere from 2 to 14 days after that exposure. And um, we also know that you're contagious 48 hours before you even show symptoms. So you could be spreading the virus and not know it because you are not symptomatic quite yet and you're, you're contagious. You're contagious those 48 hours before. So, you know, ideally, if you were going to travel, you would have quarantined for 14 days before you travel so you're not taking the virus with you 
and exposing people that you're visiting. And then on return, you know, another 14 days quarantine. So that's, that's a big ask. Mm -hmm. And so traveling is just not advised. Are we, Drenda, I was curious if we're seeing compliance in businesses here in the county in terms of masking and all that. We've reported here and there about, you know, there's there's lawsuits up in the Flathead Valley now with uh, with five businesses up there. What are we seeing here in Lewis and Clark County? Yeah, we continue to get complaints coming in on a daily basis, multiple complaints a day. Um, just last week when we updated our decision-making dashboard, um, we were up over 60 complaints for the week. And these range from, um, you know, seeing people within businesses that aren't wearing masks and the business isn't doing their due diligence to ensure that customers are wearing masks. Um, distancing sometimes is um, a complaint that comes in. I, I would say masks, masks make up the greater complaint that we hear. Um, I would also just add to this that, you know, in some environments, um, some environments are more risky than others. So I used the example of sitting down at a restaurant with a group of friends. That is a pretty risky um, activity right now. Um, you're you're eating with people that you don't typically um, live with and, and see, and you don't know what their lives are on a day-to-day -day basis, and you're taking your mask off to eat, in, and you're in close proximity. And so, again, um, really, really consider what your activities are, your daily activities, and please limit those daily activities to things that are just really essential. Um, hit the grocery store at an odd time. Not, don't go to the grocery store when everybody else does. Um, make sure that you're, you're keeping your distance from other people. Um, you know, Thanksgiving shop, or the day after Thanksgiving shopping, mm -hmm. it's just, it can't be what we typically see um, any other year. Uh, we highly recommend online. We recommend that you that you call and do curbside pickup so you're not going into the stores. You know, please shop local because we have businesses right here in, in our area that are really struggling this year because of all of this. And so let's let's show our support. Let let's shop local. Local, but you know, do a delivery, do a curbside pickup. Avoid being in public. Lewiston Clark County Public Health Officer Drenda Neiman. Drenda, thank you so much for taking time this morning and, and, and for what you're doing to try and keep us safe. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Again, make, make the best of the season and enjoy your family. Stick around. We've got Dr. Todd Wampler from St. Peter South coming up on Coffee Break. Right after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. 
This is Coffee Break, and I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. And we're finishing out the show today with Dr. Todd Wampler. He's the president of St. Peter's Health Medical Group and a primary care physician out there. He's also on the COVID response team at St. Pete's. Uh, Doc, thanks for joining us again this morning. Thanks for what you're uh, you're doing out there on the front lines of this thing, working to help our community. Well, it's a pleasure, uh, you know, to help uh, give back to the community as much as we can. And, and thanks for helping get the word out and uh, educating people about what we're going through right now. Well, what are we going through right now? I mean, what is the situation at the hospital in terms of COVID? I mean, we're seeing a surge continue in Montana, certainly in our county, down in Jefferson County as well. But uh, what is that then doing in terms of hospitalizations and just the, the, the situation there at St. Peter's? Sure. So as you point out, the numbers are up across the state and across the county, um, and uh, we are seeing those downstream effects in the hospital. At this moment, as of last night, we have uh, 19 patients who are in St. Peter's Hospital being treated for complications of COVID, and that's an all-time high for us at this point. Uh, So certainly we are doing a lot to take care of those patients with COVID. Currently, uh, we have occasionally dipped into our surge planning, which primarily involves taking care of of patients who would normally be in an intensive care unit, expanding out into additional areas in the hospital uh, with the care of critical care nurses um, to uh, provide care that would be traditionally uh, given only in an ICU, uh, but expanding into other areas. Um, Currently, that's as far as we've gone in our surge planning uh, but certainly our volumes are up. Uh, we are still, and, and I can't emphasize this enough, um, uh, ready to provide care in all other areas. And this particularly pertains to uh, things that we wouldn't really think about. For instance, um, you know, your primary care appointments, uh, keeping up with, with regularly scheduled medical maintenance, uh, because we know that uh, we have problems like diabetes, high blood pressure, things like that, if those are poorly controlled, Uh, well, then you're not going to do as well with COVID. So you may, in turn, be more likely to require one of those COVID hospital beds if you're not taking care of your chronic medical conditions. And, of course, we don't want to want people to delay care uh, for other things either. You know, if if you have chest pain, if you have stroke uh, symptoms, we are able to care for those conditions in our emergency rooms, and and we want people to not delay their medical care out of fear that, uh, you know, we're we're too busy at this point. we, we can see those patients, and we're uh, prepared to uh, keep it a safe environment where uh, people aren't going to be exposed to COVID. So 19 patients out at uh, St. Peter's Health right now uh, with with the COVID complications. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Todd Wampler this morning. Uh, doctor, how many more can you handle? I mean, is there a, you know, what is that? Because I think people look at the building, they go, well, 19 people, that's a huge building. That's not that bad. Uh, but there's a there's a downstream effect to that. There's a domino effect. That's absolutely true. Now, it, it's hard to, to give a, a number uh, of what we can take care of because, as you point out, um, it is a big building, and that's because we do a lot of other stuff there. Um, some of that medical care is emergency medical care that really just has to happen. Uh, some of it is, for instance, elective cases. Um, you, you have that knee replacement surgery or hip replacement surgery that's really going to improve the quality of your life. We have the capacity, just like we did in the springtime, we have the capacity to close those procedures down, make additional room in the hospital uh, so that we could accommodate for more COVID patients. And, you know, there are several uh, 
here several steps that we could take in terms of scaling down other care that we provide for the community that we'd certainly rather not do um, if we need to uh, take care of more COVID patients. So it's hard to hang a number on that, but we definitely have a capacity to take care of more if we need to, but that will have consequences. So what are staffing numbers? like right now i mean starting this week both high schools in town shut down not necessarily because there's rampant covid among the student body or anything but it's they've they've got teachers and staff that are maybe they've tested positive or they're in they're in quarantine they're taking care of somebody i mean they have 200 people in the district out of a thousand employees that are uh, that can't come into the building what does that look like at at st peter's yeah, that's a really good point because um, it's not just bed capacity that we have to think about. It's staff capacity. And just like everybody else, uh, when our staff members are out in the community, they can be exposed to COVID out there. And if they're exposed to COVID, whether they become sick or quarantined, well, then they can't come to work. Uh, right now, each day, we've got about 50 staff members who are out uh, due to issues that are either directly related to COVID-19 or, or some of those uh, indirect things. You know, if, if they've got to care for family members who are quarantined, uh, children and things like that. So yeah, um, staffing is, is certainly uh, an area where we are impacted heavily. Um, and the, that's where the community can uh, really help us. We've got to, to, to take all these precautions that we know that we need to take with the masking and the physical distancing, uh, because uh, we all have to do things out in the public as well. So 50 folks or so out uh, daily. Out of how many? How, how many folks are employed out at St. Pete's? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we're about 1,700 strong here okay. at, at St. Peter's Health. Okay. So you, you're, you're doing pretty well, all things considered. I mean, you're, you're bucking the, the numbers, frankly, when you look at uh, ratios. Yeah. Which I think speaks highly to, to your folks. I mean, obviously, they're being very, very careful. I think we might have lost the doctor. I am afraid we may have. <laughs> did we lose Dr. Todd Wampler? It looks as though we did. I think we might have. So what I might do, uh, if, if we can take a, uh, a very quick break, I might see if we can come back and get him for a couple minutes. We'll, we'll do the old uh, call him on the cell phone trick if uh if if our lines are down so uh if kurt wants to throw a quick commercial spot in there i'll see if we can't get a hold of him and uh get a few more minutes of coffee break in this morning thanks for sticking with us this morning we did lose uh, dr todd wampler i think our uh, our phone line cut out too many people checking their email at the same time apparently um but, but we uh i've got him on my cell phone so we're gonna finish we've got about uh three minutes left with him and um so I, I i wanted to ask doc i mean some we, we reported the other day some rns and some uh respiratory therapists and stuff coming to montana from washington are we going to see any of those here or are your numbers good enough that they're probably going to spread out elsewhere uh, they're probably going to spread out elsewhere, uh, more to the critical access hospitals and the area, which, you know, if, if more of the uh, smaller hospitals can take care of their patients there, then they don't have to transfer those patients to our hospital. It's conceivable that we could see some of that in the near future, but we're plan not planning for that uh, immediately. Okay. So what we're seeing now in terms of COVID in the community and, and the folks that aren't able to come to work, how big a domino effect is there down the line to right now? You said you're, you're still doing the elective surgeries and that, but how close is that? I mean, how close to the line are we towing here? Uh, right now, um, 
Um, we're, we're, we're not uh, very close to that line to, to, to uh, shutting down the elective surgeries. Um, certainly, uh, that could change uh, in a relatively quick uh, fashion. Uh, last night, we saw a pretty big jump in our COVID numbers, like I said, up to 19 uh, overnight. Um, and uh, that was a pretty big increase. And so uh, we could see uh, the numbers come up uh, pretty quickly. Um, and I, again, that's why we've just got to be as careful as we can, especially heading into the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah. I mean, what's the attitude of folks there at the hospital? You know, your colleagues, just the, the, the mental condition. I mean, I, I can see where this is something that, I mean, it just wears down on you over time. Well, it can, but you know, this is what we signed up to do. Uh, we're here to, to care for our community, and I'm just, uh, on a daily basis, uh, inspired by my colleagues who are just doing what needs to be done to take care of our community members. It's it's definitely hard work, and it can be emotionally draining, but we're up for the challenge, uh, and uh, mor- morale is, is still high. Well, and we have been talking about the vaccine coming up as soon as mid-December. We don't know the exact numbers, but it sounds like folks uh, like you are going to be getting those initial doses, which is a good thing. And, and that, that, that's great news for you and St. Pete's and, and all the healthcare providers in the country. Well, it is. And uh, we want to be careful not to get complacent about that, going, well, the vaccine's coming, so, uh, you know, we can be pretty relaxed about this. This is exactly the time when we need to put the pedal to the metal and say, look, if we can just keep the curve flattened for now, we can make it until the time when the community gets vaccinated, and that's when we can really uh, relax a little bit more. Uh, But this is the time when we can really make the most difference if we're really conscientious about trying to prevent the spread of COVID. Yeah, the final 30 seconds with uh, Dr. Todd Wampler this morning. Uh, Doctor, how can the community support you and healthcare professionals in our community? By flattening the curve. I sound like a broken record here, but especially remembering that even if you don't have symptoms, you don't feel sick, you could absolutely be infected. And the importance of wearing the mask, even when you're around uh, folks this Thanksgiving, uh, it's the people who don't have symptoms who spread the virus in that chain of transmission that eventually can lead to somebody getting very sick with COVID, being hospitalized, or even dying. So it's important to remember uh, how that we can all prevent that asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic spread. Just because you feel good doesn't mean you can't give somebody COVID. You may not know. Dr. Todd Wampler, that's all the time we have on Coffee Break. We'll see you back here on Monday. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.